0: Hey guys, this is Ariana and welcome to All Things Good, a discussion-based podcast where we have important conversations about critical topics. This podcast is for any human who is trying to make their internal and external worlds a better place to live. Have you ever wondered what it was like to be on the set of a famous TV show? On this episode, we meet with my friend Showtime, who is an actor and independent fashion designer. We discuss the highs and lows of being an independent artist, how I wound up on set working with Wilhelmina Models, just how growing isn't always the easiest, and how we can protect our energy on social media. Just for some context for you, we recorded this episode mid-March 2023. I am so excited to share this episode with you, and I hope you enjoy. Here today, I have my friend Showtime, also known as Shamari. Hi, Showtime.
1: Hello. Hello. How, how are we today?
0: I'm doing Good. It's a Friday afternoon, so I'm feeling pretty good about this week I had. I feel like I got a lot done personally that I needed. I'm just feeling good about coming into the weekend. How about you?
1: I can't complain, you know. I'm working on being in the moment. And at this moment, I feel really good about all that has transpired this week and all that is to come.
0: Ooh, uh, I love that. And (laughs) especially being in the moment, oh, so hard. I am really excited to share how we met.
1: Please do. That is a story in itself.
0: (laughs) It really is. We met on a set Mm -hmm. for, for a very exciting TV show. Right. And that set was drum roll (laughs) 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 marvelous miss Maisel. (laughs) Mm. what an honor that it was for us to be able to be on that set
1: absolutely and it's final season at that
0: final season and wasn't it one of the final episodes too yeah
1: i believe so it was
0: crazy and for you in particular you should explain just how dedicated of an (laughs) actor you are to make this work you should explain how you got there and what you did
1: (laughs) (laughs) um if i remember correctly it was okay so it The shoe itself was already a couple of hours away from where I was.
0: Exactly. Because you're from? Maryland. Maryland. Are you right outside like Baltimore area or in Baltimore?
1: I'm like right outside of it, yeah.
0: Okay. So you're right outside of Baltimore and you came all the way up to New York City. Right. To do this. So (laughs) you were a few hours away?
1: Mm -hmm, I was. I believe I came up like the night before the fitting or, or I'm, I'm trying to remember how it worked. Maybe it was the night before testing.
0: Yes, I think you came up, if I remember correctly, you uh-huh. came all the way up right before <laughs> testing. Uh-huh. And then after testing, you had your fitting, right? Like a day or two later. Mm-hmm. But did you stay up here or did you go back home and come back?
1: Oh, no, I stayed for the uh, the testing and then the fitting as well. I stayed.
0: Okay, so you stayed for that, and then <laughs> you went home, and then you came back for the actual days of production. Right. And I, it was a two-day production, and I remember um, – Actually, the second day of production was my birthday. So that was kind of like a really empowering moment for me when Mm -hmm. I took when I applied to and took the job because I feel like I'm at a place in my life where I I felt exhilarated and honored to be able to work on my birthday, where as I feel like previous moments in my life, you know, it's looking, how do I manage my off days to be off of work? I feel like I was in a very excited space, just like you were to make that happen.
1: Working on your birthday is is a different kind of feeling. Like it's it's the perfect way to bring in the new year that you're getting ready to go into.
0: Exactly. It is. It's like uh, how you however you choose to spend your birthday but then you know especially working on something you enjoy so we met on the set of Marvelous Miss Maisel mm-hmm. and we had that two days worth of production did you ever make it on set
1: yeah yeah um the was it the? it was on the second day the second day I made it on set at the final couple shots that they got
0: okay uh- I never made it on set
1: no. <laughs> I mean, but on the contrary, our table, like in holding, it was like full of yeah. so many fun people.
0: We had the best table.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> That's one of the Okay. So if anyone doesn't know what it's like to be a background actor or an actor in general on the set of production, there's a lot of waiting around. Our holding, we were in a church, I think, Right. Right. And uh, we, it was just, I think there was five or six of us sitting at a table. I, we sat together the second day or both days. I can't even remember. I think we s- kind of kept the same group, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sit, we kept the same group. But it was just the five or six of us at a table for like 12 hours straight on the first day. Like just <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> but so many amazing conversations. I love it.
1: I really loved meeting um the gentleman that was there. I believe he said he was living in the Upper West Side and he was Jamaican. During the first day when we when we stepped outside, you know, just just to stretch and get some food because we never made it on the set the first day either. He stopped by this Jamaican food cart. They started speaking. They started speaking that language, and I, I was very excited just to be able to witness it.
0: And That's like patois, right?
1: I believe. I believe so. I
0: think that's what they call it. Oh my goodness, that's so cool.
1: Either way, I was mind blown.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. That guy was really awesome.
1: I wish I was able to, you know, stay in contact with him. But I'm sure, you know, the next time I come around, I'll I'll run into him again because he do- I know he does a lot of work out there.
0: Yes, you you most likely will. I find that with background acting, something that I do quite frequently. So I'll be on the same set as other people. So it's kind of like a handful of us that are on. It's more than a handful. There's a bunch of us do this continuously. And we always end up on the same set. So I think you will. And also the food is honestly, sometimes what makes the day all worth it (laughs) crafty like if you have a lit crafty you're it's a done deal
1: it makes it worth it exactly
0: for real i want to get into a little bit about your hobbies and your interests because we met on set Mm -hmm. and obviously you must be drawn to acting or was it just the tv show itself that had you interested in coming that day
1: it was a little bit, it's, it is both. It, it is both. I've always had the interest in acting. And then when I was in college, one of my professors told me to check out that show. And that was early on, like when I was a freshman in college, like in 2016. So ah. when I saw that they were working, you know, at that time, I figured I, I gotta, I have to at least try to get on the set.
0: Now, I want to ask you, because I mm. think I might know what you're going to say. Mm. But what about it in particular made you so drawn to Marvelous Miss Maisel? Like, once you saw that, because I <laughs> think I know the answer. But okay, once okay. you saw that, what made you have that desire to get on that set one day?
1: Um, I w- I would say... It has to do with not only the story itself, but how they go about with the wardrobe.
0: That's what I was going to (laughs) say, because that is such a huge part of what I know about you and what Mm. I know you're passionate about, the wardrobe, because I always felt that way, too. You know, I never was really into fashion design or anything like that but immediately i'm so taken aback by the costume design
1: it can't be ignored it's something that's like very precise and specific over there and even when i went in for the fitting and i saw you know everything in the warehouse
0: the warehouse it was insane like trying to explain to people what that's like
1: it's a moment. It's, it's just a moment that you have to take in. You have to be present in that moment and take it all in.
0: Yes, it's a huge warehouse. They have racks and racks and racks and like rows and uh, racks on top of racks. Of, <laughs> so many options. <laughs> yes, of all these vintage like dresses, pants, suits, skirts, hats, purses, <laughs> shoes
1: lot of different parts for the to put together a good outfit mm-hmm. set in that time period.
0: Exactly, a hundred percent. And I know that sewing is something that's really important and means a lot to you because you create your own outfits and designs.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I you know when you pick something up in the pandemic for well some people they keep it going and it just Becomes a part of their everyday lives, and I could say that's that's the case for me. You picked
0: Be- this up during the pandemic.
1: I definitely did. Um, oh,
0: I didn't know that.
1: It's a it's a it's a timeline. It's a timeline.
0: Tell <laughs> me about this timeline.
1: Okay, so all throughout school, I'd say like grade school, middle school, high school, I've had to wear a uniform. Like my whole.
0: Oh, were so you I'm, in a private school?
1: No, they were all public schools.
0: What public schools, but you had to wear uniforms?
1: I think okay, so when I was like in kindergarten, I, I would, I think that was the only time that we didn't have the uniform. Whoa, and they like transitioned to uniforms when I got to the first and second grade.
0: I'm just thinking you didn't get to show or express your individuality through outward appearance from a very young age
1: for a long time. <laughs> wow a long time so when I went when I like graduated high school and went to college that's when I had to I had to figure out something you know I I had an idea of the couple brands that I liked because you know when you transition from elementary school to middle school you start going to school with like people that are older than you that know a little bit more so they'll either put you on to be helpful Mm -hmm. or they'll kind of like tease you if you don't have like the latest thing you know what I mean
0: but how do you have the latest thing when you have a uniform you mean like maybe like with gadgets or toys or something
1: I mean okay so in middle school although we had uniforms we had to wear like black shoes but the people will find ways to get around that like have there'll be solid black shoes with like orange accents or Mm -hmm. they'll find different ways to get around that and still incorporate name brand shoes to do it. And with me coming in, I had no idea what was what, but you'll learn quickly (laughs) to make sure that you're up to date. When I graduated high school, that's when I had to figure out how to put together an outfit with brands that I liked, but also just start exploring with different brands that I didn't even know about just because I like the piece, you know, that's the reason why you would go ahead and get it, excluding the names. When I was in school, in college, I met some people that majored in fashion design and they told me you can actually make your own clothes from scratch. Like that is a thing.
0: Wow. To me,
1: I thought that was so foreign. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know you could yeah. actually do with that. The very first thing I made was a pair of jeans, and I had my mom and grandma help me with that.
0: Whoa, where was this? When you were in college? Yes. that You made. Did were you in a class, or you just went to them and you asked them to help you figure out how to do this?
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't take a class um at that time, but after I made the jeans, that's when I finally took a class on just like not actually going through the motions of sewing it's more so studying the the history of fashion and how things came about
0: oh in your classes
1: yeah it, no I only took one I only took one.
0: Oh, oh, only one okay
1: the one and it was about like the history the
0: history okay so holy cow so <laughs> you're telling me that so your Instagram is just a quick plug. Your Instagram. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's plug your Instagram real quick. You want to say your handle?
1: Oh, yeah. It is it is Showtime still. But with three W's and two E's, there's a period in between the show and time.
0: Okay, perfect. So everybody, go check them out. Please. But I can't believe your origins of this. Um, you make whole outfits. How did the first pair of jeans come out?
1: They came out pretty well. They came out pretty well. Um, we got as far as we could on my grandmother's machine. She has like an old school sewing machine it, where it comes with the actual table. It's the sewing oh. machine that's like in the table.
0: With Like the collector's item.
1: She has it and it was working. <laughs> we got it as far as we could. And then I brought it back to school after winter break. I went straight to the the sewing room where all the fashion design majors were and I said, could someone help me finish these?" <laughs> and so they were admiring the piece and I had my friend Rashad help me put in the zippers because the jeans had zippers at the kneecaps so that they could become shorts as well
0: what?
1: I, I don't know it was the very <laughs> first project had to be something intricate, something crazy, but that's just. That's how it worked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's just go straight. Like, uh, I never swam before, but I'm going to go dive in the deep end real quick.
1: And And I'll learn quickly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, wow. And I imagine, like, maybe you needed a stronger type of needle or machine to go through the denim. Is that Mm -hmm. part of it, too?
1: I think so. I think so. Because we couldn't finish putting on the zippers. Um, Okay. But we got... As far as we could, I'd say about like 85 to 90% done.
0: Wow. Ugh, I know this is like way far down the line from when this originally happened, but I am proud of you. I am genuinely like excited and proud of you as if this was happening right now.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, Now what I do is, so over the pandemic, I finally had the chance to practice that some more. I bought my my own sewing machine. And I just started acquiring fabrics wherever I could find them. I would say the very first project in the pandemic were a pair of sweatpants made out of this seasonal towel that I found in Target. <laughs> I, I just I just liked the design on it, so I had to had to get it while it was summertime.
0: Yes, I love that. And I remember when we were first talking about, getting you on this podcast one thing that i really do love is the materials you use because i see that you are very creative in where you source them but if i'm not mistaken i think you also repurpose materials sometimes correct
1: mm-hmm. yes
0: i think you had like a sleeping bag jacket <laughs> or something is that true
1: yes 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 that's very true <laughs> <laughs>
0: When I saw that, my heart just like exploded with happiness. I I have this thing artistically, whenever I see anything I like, like it makes me drool. (laughs) If it's like a picture where I like how the photographer captured the light or the way the model is posing or the way that sleeping bag is doing its thing in that jacket, (laughs) it makes me drool. I love it.
1: Yeah, wherever I see a nice design... I look at the design and the material first, and then once I get closer, I I see how much material it is, and I determine what I can make out of it from there.
0: Oh, wow. So it's almost like a reverse process because I imagine a lot of designers create their sketch
1: Mm -hmm. and,
0: and have an of a vision and then they find the materials that they're gonna use to produce it but you do it the opposite
1: you know it's it's never it's never the same way with me there's there's no telling what's going to happen next or how we're going to go about something but we're going to reach some sort of destination we'll get there some way somehow <laughs>
0: totally you told me that you're doing something really exciting in two weeks.
1: In two weeks? In two
0: weeks. I, <laughs> you told me that your friend is having an art exhibit. Right, and... right,
1: right. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. So th- I got it now. I got it now. Yeah. It's actually next weekend, if I'm not oh, next mistaken. Next
0: weekend. So one week When yeah, on the, yeah. on the 18th.
1: The 18th, the day after St. Patrick's Day, my friend is holding an art exhibit. It's in D.C. Shout out to Moni. Moni Richardson. She is doing this. She is doing her thing. And when we did this shoot a few months back, she asked if she could source some pieces from me for her models in this. So I said, absolutely. Whatever you need, I have this many pieces in my house in this collection. (laughs) Just take your pick and let's make it work.
0: Is this the first time that your work is going to be in uh, an exhibit or a show like this?
1: Yes, this is the first time that my pieces will be in an exhibit. When I was in college, the first pair of jeans that I made were entered into the fashion show that they do at the end of the school year for the fashion design majors. So that was like the first time. You
0: made time. it into a fashion show for the fashion show majors and you weren't even a fashion major?
1: It, it was a little controversial. That's but, so
0: amazing. <laughs> but
1: yeah, I think what they, called it, what they called it was like indie designers where you just do it yourself.
0: Mm, indie, I love... I consider myself being indie. Like, I'm independent because I'm not with an agency or uh, I don't have a manager. Not to say I wouldn't like to be one day, potentially. You know, I I definitely welcome support from all angles from the universe, but I like that. I like that category because um, I identify as an indie individual, an indie model.
1: You know, I... I, It's a little... Like, in the middle between, you know, deciding if you want to stay independent or go ahead and get that extra set of hands to help you get there. Because if you could do it by yourself, you know, that that is very commendable. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a community of people that are also in there with you. So you wouldn't even really be by yourself.
0: A hundred percent. I so agree
1: at the at the same time, that extra set of hands is is crucial sometimes, you know that's like the deciding factor
0: yeah it's it's true you're right, you're right from both angles. I identify as being independent, and I work really hard to get my jobs like you know I'm constantly applying and auditioning, and I'm always trying to network but I do end up on jobs where I am working with these other models who are with agencies. And, you know, one job that I was really proud of through networking, it was through a studio that I worked at previously and I made a good rapport. They needed a hand model and their hand modeling agent wasn't getting back to them. And I just happened to be in the studio that day and they were like, hey, Ari, are you available this Thursday? And I was like, yes. And they were like, okay, good. We're going to book you. And it was a L'Oreal hand modeling job. And I was on set with Wilhelmina Models. Mm. So, you know, that's something I'm really proud of. And I will hold on to that moment and that experience because being independent, like you're not alone. Like I said, it might take a little extra work and it might be a little bit harder and a little bit longer to get there, but through networking and then also the more connections you make with people, they will either refer a job to you or they'll think of you when they need to execute an idea. But of course, you're right too, though, because these agents and certain modeling agencies, they have access to these really high paying jobs. So like they could get you that $5,000 or $10,000 gig that may not be as accessible as being an independent artist or a model or creative.
1: Right. They could, you know, knock down the door for you or they'll, they could open the door for you, like actually using the doorknob as opposed to <laughs> being independent where you could like, kick the door down like I'm here I did this on my own I'm gonna drop all my stuff here at the door I'm here let's do this right now
0: I literally love that analogy (laughs) (laughs) so much I I really do because that I think that's really is true they could just make it a little more easily accessible but you said that you're at a point where you're starting to think about these things what would that look like for you
1: that is an amazing question. <laughs> um I've been doing a lot of stuff independently, you know, just finding my way, finding my community, finding the people whose art speaks to me and like looking to see who I can see myself working with, you know, like down the line. And that's been not only helping me grow in my artistry, but helping me grow as a person. And I've been really enjoying that. But if I were to try to get some more help, let's say with an agency, I guess that would probably look like more acting roles. Cause that's, that's been the big goal for me just to be an actor and bring mm. some characters and stories to life. And it's, it's very, hard at the same time because I feel like I myself am a character with a story that has to be told, but I can't um, rely on anybody to tell said story. You know what I mean? Wow. So yeah, I'm I'm at a crossroads. <laughs>
0: Okay, so it's almost like getting some extra hands on board with your fashion career and with your sewing career might enable you to focus a little bit more of your energy on this other aspect of yourself that you also would like to see grow.
1: Well, I mean, if I got more hands on deck with like the storytelling part of the things I like to do, because with sewing and with fashion with with me exploring that that's just me finding ways to be able to speak and express myself without actually speaking so to say
0: okay because you know
1: I mean? that's one of the first things we look at when people walk in it's like their appearance and their style you know so that speaks for you when you come into the room that's how that's the energy you want to introduce you mm-hmm And what I do is with these pieces is I kind of give that person, that character in this outfit, a backstory. And on my Instagram, I bring those outfits to life and those characters to life. And you start to see them in motion through the photography, through the videos. So what I want to do is continue on with, like, storytelling and try to make something more elaborate.
0: So do you want to be a the costume director for something or do you want to like create your own story and also do the wardrobe for your characters
1: i'm at a crossroads <laughs> yeah
0: i, I see I, that because I'm it's right like in the middle you're right in the middle
1: yeah, yeah i'm right in the middle of like i'm at a fork in the road basically trying to decide which way to go but honestly like if, one, if someone needs some wardrobe, like for a character in their project, they can definitely come to me. And at some <laughs> time, with my own projects, I'm definitely going to plug in the craftsmanship that's going on over here.
0: Yeah, 100%.
1: I really do see myself being a director with a one-of-one kind of character design. Mm,
0: yes, I could totally see that. And I think... Not only could I see that, but I feel like that would be really a time that you could really shine your talent and showcase what you're all about.
1: And you gotta, I well, I have to do it, you know, I have to make sure that it's me putting myself in these positions and making sure I'm telling the story the way it should be told, as elaborate as it could be. I mean, I could get some extra help with that part, but... Not everyone's going to see the vision, but they usually see it after. Right, right, right. They usually see it after they see you put forth said vision.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, your Friends art exhibit is going to be a great segue into figuring out your next steps, you know? I feel like your path that you're on, because for me anyways, a lot of the times I'm like, I need to figure it out. Like, what am I doing next? Whether it's personal, relationship wise, romantic, or just platonic, or career wise, I feel an impulse to like know what I want to do. But sometimes, you have to get a little bit more of like an expanded point of view and it seems like you are figuring it out just as time goes on and with this art exhibit paying attention to your emotions and your feelings and what inspires you or maybe also noticing what might be challenging I feel like you're gonna get a lot of direction from this experience coming
1: to you I'm excited (laughs) (laughs) I am excited Because then I can really be more of a, I guess, more of an effective contribution, not only to myself, but not not only to the community, but the world.
0: Oh, my word. (laughs) 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 I love that. And I find myself in kind of the same position. What is it that you would like to give or share to the world? I would say
1: the same thing. That you got when we met in holding, I think it was the second day that we were in there. No, it was the first day we had just wrapped and you had said that the next day would be your birthday. So when I t- when you told us that I was so excited for you to be working on your birthday on set, I was saying, listen, you're going to make it on camera. It was just this <laughs> a lot of energy and a lot of positive vibes being sent your way from me. And I think that's what we need out here. Just this energy. I I don't want to say like a lot of positivity. I mean, like specifically that, but I'm saying like specifically from me, that's what I'd be providing a new light, a new light of energy and a new light of positivity.
0: Yes. (laughs) I, (laughs) I think we all need more of your positivity and your light. If anyone looks at your craft, it's very obvious that you have a lot of it to give. And then even when we were in holding, you're taking me back because we're we're like four or five months from that, which is crazy. But it's crazy. <laughs> yes, yeah, so crazy. And I remember how positive you were every single time somebody would walk in. You'd be like, "It's your time. It's your <laughs> time. I think they want you."
1: <laughs> <She's> <laughs> yeah. Just happy to be a part of the moment. What about you? What do you um want to provide out here?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, first of all, what I really want is to change the world and to make everything better and everybody happy.
1: That's wonderful. That's <laughs> wonderful.
0: Thank you. I mean, that's what I want to do. But I guess more specifically mm-hmm. with, you know, this podcast, it just really needs to be a space for people to have conversations just to talk about life different important topics we are going through and be able to showcase our creativity and make a positive difference into everyone's lives I think that's what I'm trying to do You know, every call, every conversation, every monologue that I choose to share with you guys, like conversations with myself, every single one will be different and will provide something a little bit, you know, something to somebody might mean. Excuse me. No, <laughs> it, it might mean something to somebody and then s- something else to someone else. But I just want to create a common ground where we could all come and be the most authentic versions of ourselves, discussing important topics and sharing positivity.
1: Let me know if I'm mistaken, but didn't you already um, put together an event like this before where you had all your friends come together?
0: Yes. <laughs> Thank you for remembering and sharing. And actually, right when I met you, I think it just happened. I think I like just did it the weekend before That's I met you. I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken. But yes, it's actually where the name of the podcast came from, All Things Good. That's the name of my festival. It's a micro music and arts festival that I've done for two years in a row now. Hey. Where. Yes, where I get together all these creative people I've met throughout my life and I invite them to come and just enjoy, but offer a space for them to share whatever it may be, whether it's a craft or a talent, you know, just giving them space to share with everyone. So yes, a similar concept, just now this is like in the podcast world.
1: (laughs) Yes, the, the expansion.
0: Expansion, yes, because what is life if we're not expanding?
1: That was very spot on to my very last tattoo that I got.
0: Tattoo? What is it? What was it?
1: It is a direct replica of this poster, I have in my room, of Andre 3000. And he has this phrase over top of one of his hands, as if he's holding up the phrase. And it says, have you stopped growing? Wow. Wow and the answer is always going to be no <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah like but you know what the answer is never gonna be no because that's you and your power and your choice
1: no because... i'm saying like for me is is always going to be no because we're all i'm always going to be trying to like expand and learn something new
0: exactly and i love that and i'm the same way and i agree but i guess what i was meaning is not everyone well, also, it's okay to take periods of rest, maybe choosing not to do like the long hard fight of like growing as a human, that stuff is really hard. The thing that I love about your tattoo and like you finding that so important and relatable to yourself is because you do make that decision to like constantly grow because there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't understand their potential or realize that they can create change or maybe they just choose not to grow because it's more comfortable. It can be very uncomfortable growing.
1: <laughs> My friend he said that sometimes it's not about expanding and like growing and trying to do more or attain more. Sometimes what you have to learn how to do is maintain. Mm. You know, that's another perspective to just look at and and think about. Wherever you are on your journey, you know, you have to sometimes look at the bigger picture and see what you already have, what you're already doing, and see how you can, you know, just keep that going before you try to pick up something else.
0: Mm-hmm. That's kind of like shifting to that expanded point of view of yourself or even, you know, being grateful and present in the moment with where you are currently and where you've come from. Yeah,
1: man, This. Uh, that, that was my friend Xavier. There's a lot of very wise people that I, I love being around. You know, that's, that's um, I feel like we're all reflections of who we hang out with, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're just like a reflection of our community. And that's the energy we share out when we go out and meet new people. Mm
0: hmm. I know you said that the importance of staying present in, in like what you're currently doing. And I know that that's something you've been focusing a lot in regards to preserving your energy with social media, right?
1: Yeah, it's it's important. It is important.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it can suck the life out of us.
1: <laughs> if, if you let it, if you let it, it can definitely throw you off in all kinds of ways.
0: How has that done that for you?
1: Well, I wasn't speaking for me. (laughs) I'm saying, you know, it is a possibility. I I don't want to rule it out, you know. I just got to be careful. I got to be mindful with, like, with what I'm, like, taking in on there and um, making sure that I'm always looking at something that can, like, either inspire me positively or motivate me to, you know, continue going on my path or, Help someone on their path, you know, because mm-hmm. you could go through so many like holes through social media. You'll find yourself looking at something you didn't even plan on looking at. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I, I really do. It's it's funny because I'm at a similar point where I recently went through and deleted or un not deleted. I unfollowed several news. Maybe they're not always like news, but meme pages or news pages, because I feel like I was just getting a bunch of information that I didn't want, uh, whatever it may be. And also, I've been trying to figure out how to protect my energy in regards to global, like on the global scale. Because one issue with social media is I feel like it has us... Like, especially the earthquake in Syria and everything like that, that was really heavy and hard for me because I'm an empath. I'm an empathetic person. And that was like crushing. But, you know, seeing the live footage and hearing all these true stories and accounts, it made it feel like it was in my backyard. Yeah. You know, I'm still trying to navigate how I want to consume this important information because I I do want to be aware. I'm not saying I don't want it at all, but between events like that or issues around racism within our country and uh, disparities amongst people, it's almost like trying to figure out how do I protect and preserve my energy on social media. Among all of... Among the world I guess because it's like also like celebrity gossip and stuff like that I start to be taking on like all these issues as my own being such like literally an empath I connect a little too hard to all the information I'm receiving
1: I, I do the same I remember when I was younger and like print magazine was like big I mean I'm not saying it's not now but I remember like when I was younger There used to be so many different, like, magazines out and a lot Mm -hmm. of, celebrity gossip was out. And I would go into the grocery stores and I would, like, collect, (laughs) I would collect, like, Disney Channel magazines that they used to have.
0: Mm, Those were the best.
1: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I had so many. (laughs) I used to collect them, but, like, right next to them would be, like, celebrity gossip. And I would just be, like, so up-to-date with these people's lives. And I, it felt like I knew them, you know? hmm And I feel like now that I'm older, I try to, like, stay clear of all of that. Well, outside information, but not... I would say just, like, celebrity gossip specifically because I definitely try to stay up-to-date with, like, what's going on throughout the world as much as I can.
0: Yes, me too. What have you been doing in particular to help you stay more in the present moment
1: a lot of gratitude just just like taking in what's already here and what i already have what's already happening and i I try reach out to my friends as much as i can just to see how they're doing at this time but also taking time to just sit with myself mm-hmm. So, like, this conversation right now definitely came at the right time because I've been sitting with oneself just in the house for a moment now.
0: I'm so glad that we were able to have this connection and share your information and your truth. I feel like it's really inspiring to hear how you've come from where you were coming from and the interests that sparked to where you are now.
1: It's a journey. It surely is. (laughs) I'm glad that, you know, our paths crossed while we're both trying to get to where we're going and we're able to assist one another to get there. I'm excited.
0: (laughs) I'm excited, too. I'm really excited to see how your art show is going to come out. And uh, I hope to see pictures of the models wearing your work.
1: Yes, I just might be active on the socials that day. <laughs> you know, um, it's been a it's been a minute. I'm sure you all will hear from me <laughs> on that day because that will be a moment for sure.
0: Okay, that's great. I know we will. Do you have just for ev- for me and mm-hmm. for everyone listening in response to the title of this podcast of making all things good in the world? Do you have a final statement that you would like to share with everyone on maybe they could all help make everything right in the world as well?
1: I would say, (laughs) I would say love is the way. Mm -hmm. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop moment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So true. I love it. I, You know, I couldn't agree more. And when I'm feeling love and I'm experiencing love and I'm giving love and I'm sharing love, that's when life is at its best. And, you know, love truly is the universal energy that rules all. If we could just all give that love and receive that love, I agree. I think the world would be a much better place.
1: Exactly. That's that's all I'm saying.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Showtime, thank you so much for being here with me and recording this episode. And I wish you the best in your fashion show and all your future endeavors.
1: Thank you, Ariana, for having me. Thank you for opening the space. And listen, you're going to be great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank
1: you as well.
0: so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this episode. I love how the direction of this conversation unraveled and it was a pleasant and very much needed reminder of just how far I've come and that it's okay to periodically lean into maintaining my current state and successes instead of constantly trying to expand, which can be so tiring. I hope you feel inspired to do the same and provide yourself with the grace and rest that you may need. Please go follow All Things Good Podcast on Instagram at ATGpodcast222. I hope you are at peace with wherever you are along your journey. I am so excited for the good things that are coming your way. Things you do not even know about yet. (laughs) I look forward to next time we meet. Bye!